Imagine someone telling you that they want to look great naked and be fit as hell, but they don't want to pay money to go to the gym or hire a trainer. You probably wouldn't feel too bad for them when a year later they looked exactly the same, would you? That's exactly how I feel when fitness and health business owners tell me they want to make more money and create wealth, but they don't have the common sense to hire a bookkeeper and CPA. It's simple, kids. If you want a desired outcome, you have to make it a priority. You want more leads? You focus on marketing and content. You want your staff to perform better? You focus on leadership and development. And if you want your money to make more money, you hire the Fit CFO. The Fit CFO is a full-service bookkeeping, CPA, and financial planning firm specifically for the health and fitness industry. They specialize in our niche of business and know exactly what tax strategies and IRS loopholes to leverage for your specific situation. Additionally, they also have an entire certified financial planning arm to their business. That way, after they save you thousands of dollars in taxes, you can then deploy those funds towards your future wealth building. Trust me, I'm a walking testimonial because I'm an actual customer. I've been fortunate to make a lot of money over the years, but I can assure you that money wouldn't have a fraction of its actual worth if I didn't have someone tailoring my financial strategies around me and my life. That's what the Fit CFO does. From bookkeeping to tax strategy and filing, they'll ensure you pay the IRS as little as legally possible. Want someone to take over your payroll processes and the end of your paperwork? They got it handled. And if you want to ensure that your financial future is planned for, they are second to none. And here's the dope part. For a limited time, they're offering a free strategy call to my audience. All you need to do is head over to thefitcfo.com backslash WTF. That's an actual call with them. So you can explain exactly where you are at in business, what's going on, and you can learn what financial strategies they would recommend you implement next tax season. And as a bonus, they're giving away their entire financial blueprint course, which is full of incredible resources like pre-built financial projection spreadsheets, business plan templates, and understanding how the Profit First model actually works. So let's take control of your business's financial future and ensure the IRS is getting the least amount of your hard-earned money by heading over to the fitcfo.com WTF. Do it. Like, do it right now. All right. And while you're doing that, Enjoy the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Recently, I made a an episode of the podcast talking about like you know ideas and um, you know kind of how to filter some of your good ideas. And now this one kind of branches off of that podcast where when you have these good ideas, especially if they're disruptive to what you currently have, right? So they're going to change your operating system or model, right? They're going to change the way the service is delivered. They might, I mean, they might completely remove the service and bring in something else. Like when I rebranded from CrossFit South End to Urban Movement and I, you know, it was a steady drip of changes. They all ultimately led to completely gutting the service I had, which, you know, you have to expect a certain level of fallout. You know, imagine that you went to a restaurant, you went to a steakhouse and you sat down at the steak. You're real excited. You heard the steakhouse is great. You sat down, you ordered a steak from a menu that had steak on it. That's what you prepared to eat. It's what you're ready to pay for. 
and then out comes a, a fish sandwich. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And like, well, you know, the cook in the back, they've been thinking about it and they really think that fish sandwiches are a better way for you to eat and this, that. And like, yeah, I, I, yeah, but that's not what I came in here for. I came in here for a fucking steak. You were a steakhouse when I walked in and now you're a fuck, you know, you're selling filet fishes. Get the fuck out of here. Like you would imagine there's going to be an adverse reaction from the customer. So when we make these, uh, what I just call like unfavorable changes or unpopular changes in the business, generally they come with a great business case behind them, right? Typically no one's ever presented to me for the most part, a, a change they want to make to the business that was not uh, going to be better for the business long-term. However, you have to deal with the paradigm that well, I already have this customer base that gener you know, that pays all the bills and, you know, generates all my revenue. That is, this is not what they signed up for. How, and I have to sell them on it. And this is where the, the most fatal, worst decision you can make comes into play. And that's when a gym owner, typically one who has far, far too tight of emotional ties with their membership. They view their members as a family and friends, not as customers in which they have an obligation to service, which again is, is more along the lines of just, it's the makings and the mindset of an immature entrepreneur. And I use immature in a way not to be uh, insulting, but it just, you've, you have not, um, you've not evolved the mindset of what it is you're doing and how that you are there to service the customers. These are, they were, they're not friends. You've created, you've added friendships on top of the transactional relationship. That is the genesis of how they met you. But you know, you got the two confused. You think, Oh no, we're friends now. No, it's transactional. It's always been transactional. You just added a layer on top of it, which essentially now can be a great thing. It can also add significant complexity to running your business. But the fatal error is the town hall meeting. And if you're not familiar with what this is, this is where a gym owner is planning to make changes within the business. And they're not confident enough in their idea or they are confident in it, but they feel bad. They feel bad because they know that this is not what the customer signed up for. So what they do is they organize a town hall meeting and they tell them, Hey, we've got, you know, we've got some changes coming or we want to talk to you guys about something. And they literally have gym members, you know, stick around after the last class on Saturday or whatever the fuck it is. And they sit there and they, okay, so guys, uh, this is kind of, you know, we've got a new idea and I wanted to, you know, present it to you or some of them even use the language, run it by you. Oh God, don't you want to kick yourself in the dick from the jump phrase it as I want to run it by you guys. Like you have to get their fucking approval and they, they present their, their business case or the, the you know, the, the pitch deck or the, you know, the, the sales pitch for the change that they're going to make. Right. And generally these are of the significant variety. This could be a gym that was straight to class, you know, go into some kind of other model, maybe uh, PT first or like hybrid or, you know, whatever it is. Um, this could be, you know, a gym de-affiliating from their, their current organization and, and going their own way. This could be them, you know, like 
CrossFit South End did when it converted to urban movement, right? Like completely gutting the programming model and the equipment used. Except that wasn't fucking dumb enough to have a town hall meeting. Um, so here's the thing. Someone's listening to this. Multiple someones are listening to this. They go, whoa, 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 Stu, listen. I, that, that's not how I run my business. I run my business. My customers are first. And I put my customers first in all my decisions. And I feel it's appropriate. It's ethically sound. And it's the right thing to do to, to include them in these decisions. And I would say, okay, that's an opinion. You're allowed that. That's 100%. That's your opinion. You, you can keep you, that. You can think that. I'm good with that. That's fine. However, when you make a decision like this, I always go to like, what problem are we looking to solve? And in the gym owner's head, the problem they were looking to solve is they wanted to present this and be able to answer questions. And in their mind, people are going to question it and have some questions, but they're going to walk away from that like, man, this is such a great idea. That PowerPoint that gym owner Tom put together, man, really like the way he had that graph about how much better this is going to be for me as a customer and his business and his staff. I mean, that sold me right there, right? Uh, that Venn diagram fucking just, you know, that did it for me. And that's not what's going to happen. Because remember, you got to think about who your audience is. When you sit down with customers and you're telling them you're about to change the menu or something significant about the way they receive the service, you were you, that's the most intimate thing you can, you can, you know, kind of conversation you can have with them where volatility of reaction is of a high likelihood right? You're not telling them you have cancer, okay? You want to have a town hall meeting when you get diagnosed with cancer and you tell everyone, maybe that that's fine. I can, I can totally see that. Letting everyone know, hey, Coach Sally, head Coach Sally is going to be taking over because I got the leukemia and, you know, shit ain't looking good. That that makes sense. Like, I can feel you, the community rallies behind you. It's, you know, you're not asking their permission on something. You're not changing up their service. But if you are planning on changing up the service, what do you think's going to fucking happen at this town hall meeting? Do you think you're going to convert 100%? You're going to sell 100% of these people? You can't even sell fucking 80% of the leads that come in your goddamn door. And you're going to convince 100% of these people or the vast majority that this new thing is awesome and they should love it all within your simple pitch? No, I mean, again, these customers, the reason community happens in these micro gyms when you really step back and you, you stop having a fucking rainbow bath with yourself and just kind of jerking yourself off, like, I love the community, we're all a family, like, eh. no. The, the reason community happens in the really the strongest sense for the customer is because their life has a gazillion variables in it. There is a high level of variability in their life. Things change frequently. Your gym is a constant they can come to 6.30 p.m., see familiar faces, see familiar workouts, have a familiar experience. And that's what they like. Find anyone who's got their favorite, like, pub or bar that they go to, right? And then that bar decides to, like, upgrade and become different or do something, you know, take it, you know, sophisticate itself. And they get pissed, right? You know, anyone who, uh, you know, who's like, oh, that, that business sold out. They're no longer like what they were. All that is is a consumer stating... I like the consistency. I like the reliability of what they were. I was able to count on that. And in my life, where I have a ton of things that are changing all the time, that was a constant. And now you're changing too. 
And trust me, I believe businesses need to change and evolve over time. And I believe, and not only believe, I know, because I have done this with my own and dozens and dozens of other gyms, as to how to, if you're going to elicit change like that, depending on the degree of, you know, how big of a change it is, we generally drip that change out, right? We, you know, it's, there's all, I'm, the, the podcast, this podcast is meant to be on the strategy of making that change. That could be something else I do. Um, but, you know, you slow drip it over time. It is very, very heavy in education and content. And because the content you put out by you is the thing that's, that skews members one way or the other right? They, whatever they're doing in your gym, whatever your methodology is, they're doing it because you, you, they walked in and you said, this is the best way to get fit. This is how we choose to get fit. So if you come here, we're going to teach you how to get fit like this. And they're like, okay, yeah, you seem to know, like you're really fit. Like I'll, I'll listen to you. Like the only reason they're doing things the way they are is because they believed you. So if you want to change that belief or adjust it or skew it in any way, you 100% can, but it's not a band-aid rip. You don't do it quick, okay? The only time you do it quick is when you have a surplus of cash and you can withstand the financial fallout because pr I promise you, it you'll have financial fallout. I drip mine and, you know, you could argue that I, you know, I kind of ripped the Band-Aid off towards the end when I went from CrossFit South End to Urban Movement. I, I would argue it was more of a slow, steady drip, but, um, I mean, fuck, the financial fallout, the only reason, I mean, luckily we had lots of money and I, you know, I was able to withstand losing 40 plus fucking members overnight. You know, that was like, Oh, okay. That's a dent. That sucks, but whatever. We'll be fine. But if you can't withstand the fallout, you don't want to, you don't want to rip that bandaid off. And I'll be honest with you from a customer experience standpoint, making obscene changes like that are kind of crazy. Like here's the Google just emailed me. They, um, all of their uh, domains, like the all the rights to the domains that you've purchased through googledomains.com, they've been purchased by Squarespace. So I got an email saying, hey man, listen, all of our domains are, are being purchased by Squarespace. You'll be transitioning your domain registrar and the management of your domains over to them. And we'll be doing this over, you know, whatever, uh, of, you know, between now and the end of the year. And then January 1, 2024, everything will be done through Squarespace. So they're going to take like five months to do that transition because there's a lot of people that, you know, do a lot of shit with their domains and all that. And it's like, eh, happening now, happening next Monday, effective next Monday, your shit's on Squarespace. That would be extremely disruptive. Like that's not good business. That's not a good client experience. You're going to make changes in the business. And I'll tell you this, the, the gyms and the businesses that learn the art of consumer psychology and understand how to create influence, influence is the ability to tell people some shit and they listen and they believe you, right? If your members, if you're having this town hall meeting because you think you need to, because you think if you sent it in an email, there would be a revolt, it means you don't have the influence and you're fucking hoping like, well, we're all a family. So if I stand there and everyone sits on plyo boxes and I stand at the whiteboard and I talk to everyone why this is a great idea, they love me because we're a family and it'll all be okay. No, it fucking won't. They, like <laughs> some people will get it. Other entrepreneurs that are your customers, they'll fucking get it. But the majority of your members, they're not, they're, they're selfish. They're customers. They don't give a fuck about your business objectives. 
All they know is I love what we do here. That's why I pay this money every month. And now you're ch- you're just gonna you're changing it on me. So all this being said, we do not want to be having town hall meetings. All right. So what are we gonna do instead? When you've got a you know a big change coming, and you you it's time that you do need to you got to announce it right or you know maybe you have not done a great job dripping it out or for whatever reason you can't drip it out. I'd honestly rather you just give me a call and you explain to me the changes and I give you the game plan on how to drip it out and we figure out how much time and what you're going to need to do to do this as effectively as possible. But let's say that that's all passed and done and you now need the four members. Don't do it in the form of a town hall meeting where people are going to put you on the spot and ask you questions and you might not have the great answers and you might get defensive and you know, you're going to piss people off anyway. Instead, this is what you need to do. Don't tell your, like, if you have a full coaching staff, I would select only those on the leadership team. The leadership team are your full focus individuals. If you have a member or two that has been a mentor to you because they are an entrepreneur, maybe include them in a conversation and not, you're not asking their thoughts on it. You're explaining it to them and asking as a customer, you know, um, how would, you know, how do you believe I should best present this? I'm okay with those. Or you, you know, you hire somebody to do it for you, but these kind of things need to come in the form of one to many communication. Okay. You need to simplify it. What is happening? Number one, when is it happening? Number two, how will this impact my experience? Number three, those are the three things. Like whenever you're sending these communications out, you, and we see this in price raise emails all the time. I'll have a, an owner, you know, send me over their draft or their price raise email. And it's, it's, you know, six paragraphs. And out of the six paragraphs, five of them are just like hemming and hawing like, oh, well, this is why. And we've never done this before. And I really want to be able to do this for the gym. And you guys are awesome. Shut the fuck up. Just get to the point. These people are busy. The fact that you have to like, put so much fluff in the communication means you're not confident in it. And people recognize leaders who are not confident and it, they, they do, they pass judgment on it. I recommend these things be short and sweet. Now you can do it in the form of a video too. Okay. Like I did that. I did a video for everybody when we were, when I was announcing we were moving and changing locations and I did it funny. Like I, I, in the beginning I announced that I was closing the gym. Um, and then, you know, it was like a ha-ha. I was like, no, I'm just joking. I just actually bought a building and we're, we're moving there. Um, I didn't talk shit. I didn't say shit about rebranding and changing things up. I just, what they needed to know. This is what's happening. We're moving. Here's when it's happening. Ballpark timeline because construction fucking always goes over timeline. Um, and here's how it's going to impact. Like we might have a, a five-day period where the gym is running, is closed as we transition. Okay. So in your thing, what's happening? When is it happening? How will my service, how will your service be impacted? Those are the only things you need. You write it, give it to ChatGPT and tell Jet, you know, tell ChatGPT, please write this with less bitch assness because I want to come off as confident, strong, you know, a, uh, you know, I want this to be sounding like a purposeful, you know, decision made by a competent leader, not someone who's afraid of upsetting his family. Okay. Like gym owners are so nervous to break news, like telling your dad you're gay at Thanksgiving dinner, 
right? Like so scared of what the fallout's going to be when you tell your members you're doing something different. And I, I get it. When you're changing something incredibly, you know, like again, like, you know, if you're revamping the entire way the, the fitness model is done or the way the service is, you know, being serviced, you got to, you know, again, that's the slow drip, right? That's, that's where I wish you would have, you know, you got a few X amount of weeks or months of the slow, steady drip and you're able to do this and come out of it pretty much unscathed. But if you got to just drop the hammer relatively soon for whatever reason, it needs to be a one-to-many communication piece. Don't let it leak. Don't tell like, well, a couple of my members, we get, you know, we're good friends and I told them they're going to tell other people. And it's like good PR, right? You got you ever hear that like in the movies? You got to get out in front of it, right? If you don't get out in front of that story, the story will be created. And once the narrative's created, now you're having to recreate it. And that is very difficult. This way you get out in front of it. You're able to say, this is what's happening. This is when it's happening. This is how you'll be impacted. If you have any questions, please send me an email and we can schedule, you know, and I'll reply back or we can schedule time to talk. Ideally, you're going to reply back. But, you know, guys, these are the, these business decisions. Like, you know, again, going back to why I don't like the town hall meeting. What happens if fuck it? So, okay, you're doing a town hall meeting. I want to tell everyone about it. I want to, you know, let them know straight from me, the email straight from you too. Okay. Don't, don't act like talking in person is any more special. Okay. Um, but like, what do you, but what's the plan if, you know, the majority of the people there kind of get upset or it's dead quiet and you can tell it wasn't received well, are you going to change your mind? Are you going to not go forward with your idea? If, I mean, if no, then why have the fucking town hall meeting? If you just think like, well, I just thought it was the nice thing to do for my family, my community. And then I would tell you, we, we really need to have a discussion as to how you view this business and the customers, because you are doing them and yourself in the business a huge disservice by getting the roles confused. Remember, they're not your family. They are not your community. Okay, They own the community, not you. You own the culture that creates the community that is owned by them. They are customers and you have an obligation to them to service them according to the plan. To do what's unexpected and do it better than anyone else and to whatever degree your brand wants to deliver on their brand promise. But it is not to like, you know, break the, you know, uh, make sure you keep friendships when giving bad news or unfavorable news or unpopular news. It's business. It's, I mean, again, and this is where I know this is not what some of you want to hear. And this is why we're redoing the website. Like I got WTF's getting a, getting completely a rebranding overhaul. My dude Boris over at Metcon Creative has uh, done an incredible job. And on the new website, we're going to, I think we're just going to have a section like for the HR department or like my hate mail department. So like all you guys that listen to this stuff and you just send me the nasty DMs and emails, you can just put it all right there and I'll make it public. I just have a, a wall of like all the shit people send me. Um, and you just post it up right there. Send all the hate mail right there. Cause I know this is going to ruffle feathers and piss some of you off and I don't do it to piss you off. I do it because this is what you need to hear. You can still run a business that puts the customer first in which you have tight-knit relationships with your customers. I did. I have very, I still to this day have crazy tight-knit relationships 
with customers that I had years ago. But that doesn't when it when when it comes to running that company and doing what's best for the company, for the employees, and ultimately for the customer, that has to be a hat that you're willing to wear and not waver on because of your emotional personal relationship with nine percent of your customers. Right? Gym owners who are like nervous about the gym, like, dude, you got two hundred members. You're literally close friends with like nine to 10 of them. And that now, and you're, you're doing this silly ass town hall meeting because like you are, you, you think you have a closer relationship with all 200 than you actually do. All right. So anyway, guys, those are my thoughts on town hall meetings. When you have to drop on popular news, I'd love to know your feedback on it. I'm sure some of you guys have examples of town hall meetings and Stu, it actually went really well. And I'm sure it can. I do like, I'm not making absolute statements, but by and large, I do think there's probably a stronger argument for not having one of these and doing it in a more of a professional manner, you know, very concise, thought out, um, with intent and, you know, and with just a really good leadership, um, you know, perspective, like the guys, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is when it's happening. Boom. This is how it's going to change. Versus like, okay, is everyone, everyone's together? Okay, quiet, quiet in the back, all right? So I'd like to run something by you. Just feel it out. See everyone's doing, you know, what, what everyone's feeling about this. Raise your hand if you like the idea. Like, no, 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 my friends. All right, cool. That's all I got for you. Until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.